0: Welcome to Yours, Mine, and Ours. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona, and this show is about relationships. It's about dynamics and synergy and healthy interactions between people. Relationships are made of two individuals and what they create when they come together. So the key is knowing how to be healthy and strong and generous before you even get together with another person. Finding the right person is important, and that's key to any relationship, but being a good quality element before you even get together truly is the foundation for success. Now, I've been doing this coaching thing for about 15 years, but I really didn't pick relationships as my specialty, my area of expertise. Some people call it my niche Okay, till about two years ago, when I really had people coming to me saying, how in the world could you be married for so long and still be so happy? I thought, okay, you know what? Life coaching is good, but relationship coaching, that's really what I'm good at. Because when you have personal success, you also had personal failure. And when you have good, concrete, specific details to give people that they can immediately put to good use, That's just as fulfilling as $250 an hour, which is now what my price has gone up to. People are willing to pay good money for good information. But you know what? It always comes back at some point to sex. Today, my show is going to be, let's talk about sex. The fact is, everybody is talking about it. Everybody is going to keep talking about it because it is just a fact of life it's a fact of relationships. I have a lot of opinions and I go onto a social media website, professional, yes, it's technically a professional website, but it's becoming less and less professional, more and more casual and social. Last week I had a woman who claims to be an area, yeah, expert in her field about sex. She asked me very specific, very pointed questions about what I like to do sexually in my private life with my husband. And I just said, okay, wait a minute, (laughs) stop right here. Who are you and why in the world do you think you can ask me what positions my husband prefers and what techniques I prefer, what I like when I orgasm? Who, Who are you and what makes you think that's appropriate in this kind of, this setting in the first place. Well, I got off the computer and my daughter looked at me and she said, Whoa, what's going on? Why are you, why are you so upset? I said, because this wench, I just, I want to block her, but I want to insult her first. And I know that's not appropriate. So I'm going to get some apple cider. (laughs) And She followed me into the kitchen and she said, well, you know, you can't answer questions like that. You'll, you'll lose all of your respect and your, recognition and and genuine quality stance in your field. People are, think that you're someone on Facebook that you're very trashy. And I said, I know, sweetheart. And that's exactly what I'm looking for right now on a, a website like LinkedIn. I need to find truly mature and professional and Just smart smarter people. I don't know where they are. I don't know how they are I don't know what I am gonna do to actually get connected with them But I know if I really focus on this seriously that something good will happen Well, you know what the next day I actually started a conversation with a man. His name is Don Boyce Now I've been connected with him. I've actually been on this website for about eight years now um he is a marriage counselor at boys counseling and we've had different conversations about different things yeah you know what no i just met him on saturday <laughs> and i said oh my gosh where did you come from you just literally came out of nowhere your timing is impeccable you wouldn't be you wouldn't believe what i've what i've been doing here a little bit about myself tell me a little bit about yourself and i said okay you know what i think I think I could talk to the entire world all day, every day about what I like and what I think and what I want. But I actually want to have an intelligent and respectful conversation with someone that I trust and admire as a professional. So Don, welcome to my show. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. appreciate it.
0: Okay. Well, you and I, we don't always agree about everything. I, I actually sent you a list of 40 different things that I do want to talk about over the show today, and I do want your Your input I do want your opinion when it comes to maybe the differences that you have But your life is very different from mine And so I just think basically what I want to get is a complementary perspective Because mm-hmm. are you are you single or are you married?
1: Uh, I'm divorced
0: There you go. Okay, good. And that's a very important detail Okay, mm-hmm. and so how long have you been in the, I guess you could call it, dating field?
1: So, been divorced, actually in this house about five years. So, divorce takes a while, so add another yes. two years to that. Okay. And so, in the dating world, uh, about five years. And it's it's very different. I'm, I'm somebody in my 50s, and it's amazing how things have changed in the dating world since... Uh, <laughs> since 25, 26 years ago.
0: Okay. Thank you very much. Now, what kind of work do you do just in your your daily life?
1: So I'm a marriage counselor, which means Mm -hmm. that I, for the most part, work with couples who are deciding whether or not to stay together, and if they're having some conflict, uh, can they make it work? Can they reduce the likelihood of conflict? And if they can stay together, we work as hard as we possibly can and if they can't stay together we help them be good human beings healthy and mature as they're separating and decoupling
0: okay okay so basically you are going through um in your personal life a transition looking for something different than what you what you have been, but you've, you've got a lot of information. You've got a lot of expertise, knowledge in this field that when you apply it to other people, it's different. It's different for each couple that you're with because of the uniqueness of those Mm -hmm. people. Um, but what I have to go over today, um, a lot of what I want to talk about is not about, um, sexual activity per se it's about what that really is comprised of what it's composed of so if i go if i go down these different topics these different sort of just general concepts and there's something that you want to contribute i want you to specify first of all if you're saying it as a divorced man looking for potentially a relationship or if you're looking at it from you know what? I'm actually an expert in this field, and I have a lot of information <laughs> that I think your, your listeners could benefit uh-huh. from. Okay? Absolutely. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Now, the first thing that I want to say is that my husband and I have been married for 26 years. Now, a lot of people, when we were dating 27 years ago, they wrote us off for two reasons. First of all, because I was very, very young – So what in the world at the age of 18 could I possibly know when it came, you know, when it came to relationships, I didn't have any real experience. And being a young, naive person that I was only exacerbated the fact that my husband to be was Mexican. So the huge cultural difference meant that we kind of had the deck stacked against us. It wasn't a matter of if we were going to break up. It was really just a matter of when. Well, when I I met my husband actually in a congregation meeting, one night I went to a Spanish speaking group because I was learning Spanish in high school. I was actually only 16 when I met him. And I said, You know what? I'm learning Spanish in school, but the school system here really sucks. I think I need to go somewhere where I'm going to learn some good information. So, going to a congregation um, where there are people literally from other countries who don't speak a word of English, we're going to I don't know, say push me, encourage me. They were going to encourage me (laughs) to learn not only uh, more vocabulary words, but how to be conversational. So, one of the things that I've always said the reason why I went into a situation meeting a man from another country, he was actually 10 years older than me. The day that I met him, I knew he was going to be my husband, was based on my. Personal principle of my very first topic. You can never be greedy and gratified. We as humans are not built that way. We are not built to have pleasure at the expense of someone else's happiness. One night stands are not good for anyone. We have a conscience and to need to connect to people when it's about being greedy. We have to disconnect in order to be greedy and selfish. That takes away our humanity. We are not animals. Okay, so first of all, as human beings, we really are wired to be loving and generous. Dawn, what have you noticed personally with the dating scene out there when it comes to people being generous and selfless? When they're looking for a mate,
1: I think personally that it's changed a bit, and I have run into some very generous people, some wonderful people, but I've also run into a lot of people who are greedy and who want to just take, take, take. And okay. you're right; they have to disconnect in order to to be that version of themselves.
0: And that's not ever going to make them happy, because then even if they get what it is that they're trying to take, they're still not going to feel fulfilled as a person. Okay, so now having said that, that's the basic overview of our humanity and our nature in relation to each other. Let's talk about sex. The fact is, sex is like wine. It's not like water. It is not vital to life It is an acquired taste. It takes a while to develop an appreciation for it and a preference for certain activities. It's very individual because it is about your personal taste. There are people who live from birth till death without having sex and they're just fine, (laughs) and they have a very good life, they're very happy, they're very satisfied, because, again, this goes back to the fundamental inherent principle of we have a need to give. We are more happy when we are generous, and as long as what we are doing with our life is meaningful and it's genuine and authentic and high-quality, Sex doesn't ever have to happen in order for us to feel truly happy as people. Okay, and then that brings me to my second point here. It changes over time. One of the things that people say to me, actually, I couldn't believe how frequently people said it to me. They say, oh my gosh, well, how did you know you and your husband were compatible if you didn't have sex before you were married? Yes, that's right. I was a virgin when I got married because I knew That if a man was truly going to love me, he would wait for me. And I was brought up with a value system that sex is only to be between a husband and his wife. So the fact is, over 26 years, my husband and I have not been the same in that area as we were when we were on our honeymoon. Believe it or not, the things that have happened to um, me with my pregnancies... My husband has been in several car accidents, Um, weight changes over time, Um, lifestyle changes over time. Just because you are compatible with someone at one point does not mean that you will be compatible with them forever without doing a lot of personal work on your relationship with each other. And also, compatibility is not going to guarantee satisfaction, Okay, just because there are certain things that anatomically may be compatible about you doesn't mean that there are going to be feelings of satisfaction every time you have an orgasm. Orgasm is very, very glorified and glamorized in our society. And even as a little girl, the thing that I was told from magazines, just even even fashion magazines, the articles, they didn't even have to be porn magazines orgasm, orgasm. Okay, that's nice. That's not going to make you happy for the other 23 hours and 45 minutes of the day that you're with each other because, yes, even when you're asleep in bed next to each other, you're still with each other. Okay, so thinking about that, the principle of generosity and giving and how sex is not essential to your happiness in life and your preferences changing over time... Have that in your mind. We're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and, and open up the phone lines and also start asking some, some questions. Donna, I have a few questions that I want to ask you, just now that we've kind of laid the, the groundwork of what my philosophy is going to be for the next 45 minutes. Um, okay, Don, you ready for me to start interrogating you?
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Okay, great. All right, Doug, let's go ahead and take a real quick break. We'll be back just in a few seconds after these, these brief announcements. Wouldn't it be great if there was an instruction manual on how to succeed in life? Or the formula on how to find someone who's right for you? Or the ingredients on how to just be happy with your life? Well, I decided after I'd been coaching for a few years that it was time to just put it all on paper. The things that I was doing with and for my clients that helped them was great. Each session I could see the fulfillment that my clients were experiencing. It became a coaching program. I made it a workbook that came with my service. But coaching one person at a time was pretty slow, and not everyone could afford my hourly rate. So at least giving everyone access to the information was a good idea, right? And I didn't need to be with someone in order to provide them the information, did I? So just one project per chapter, these activities helped people implement what they'd just learned. And I'd had several people suggest that I turn it into an audiobook. Apparently people wanted to listen to the information while they were multitasking. So I did. And now most people just want the MP3. But with the coronavirus taking over the world, a lot of people are thinking about changing their life but they don't want a coach. So I'm offering my workbook to my listeners as an ebook with the MP3 included for just $29.99. That's an 80% discount off the original price, what I started selling it for two years ago to clients and colleagues. Just go to www.infinitylifecoaching.com and get your life coaching workbook for just $29.99 today. Infinity Coaching. The possibilities are infinite. Welcome back to yours, mine, and ours. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona, and today I have a guest with me, Don Boyce. He's got some personal experience. He's got some professional experience. Thank you so much for joining us today, Don.
1: Thank you, Gabrielle. appreciate it.
0: Okay, so one of the things that you and I discussed very briefly before the show that I'm curious about your take um, and your perspective on this. There is a myth that I heard my entire life as I was growing up. And i got to tell you, growing up in the 80s as a Generation X, I was looking at sex movies like nine and a half weeks when I was eight. Okay, I was seeing this stuff going on in the movies and on TV and in, in magazines. People were talking about it. One of the things that I was constantly being told was, well, you know, the more experience you have, the better you'll get at it. So you, if you want to get good at it, you need to sleep around. And you need to have not only a, a constant activity going on in your life, but you need to have a, a great variety of partners. Do you, do you agree that in order to get good at this, this activity, you need a lot of experience?
1: I, I disagree with that strongly. And Why? You, you just don't need experience to be good. And I'm, I'm going to take that from a professional uh, standpoint. I can tell you that there are uh, a lot of clients that I talk to and they talk about, you know, they've had multiple, multiple partners, but they don't know what they're doing. So from a technique standpoint, they don't know what they're doing, but they're also not, yeah, they don't, they're not open. They don't know Mm -hmm. what they really want and their partner's not communicating with them.
0: There you go.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's a big one. So it comes back to our communication a lot and uh, one of the books that I loved was uh, *Passionate Marriage* by David Schnarch, uh, uh-huh. and I can I can spell his name later if you want. He talked about if you're interested in sex with intimacy, where you actually want to know the person and let them know you. There's not mm-hmm. a 17 year old alive who can keep up with a healthy 60 year old, <laughs> right? Isn't that great? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So, do you want yourself to be known and have the profound sexual experience by being known? Do you know what you want? So profound meaningful sex is more about maturation than a physiological reflex. You can have very unsatisfying sex, and like you mentioned earlier, the orgasm might be great, but the sex wasn't great. They didn't there feel connected. Okay. And so I've I've had a number of people say they couldn't reach orgasm and the sexual partner had all the right techniques, but they didn't feel connected. They didn't they didn't feel like they knew the person. And mm-hmm. so even if they were married to the person, even if they had been together a long time, they didn't feel that depth of connection that's necessary for good sex.
0: Okay. And, and I know that personally, from my experience of being married as long as I have, having three children, moving out of state twice, having a, a relative die, a lot of things have gone on in my marriage. Yeah, feeling connected can be a lot of work it really is investing time and attention and energy in the individual when you're not having sex yeah that really is key okay exactly. so so okay i'm glad we're on the same page there now what i'm gonna kind of move a little bit into i do want your opinion your perspective on this too don something i've always said and people they kind of him and ha whether they agree or disagree women need to be wanted. Men want to be needed. That's a very different from each other force and a very interactive dynamic, especially in bed. Okay. I believe that feminism has done a grave disservice to society in general, but especially to relationships because women now have the mindset of I am just as good as a man. Basically, I am a man just with breasts. Anything you can do, I can do just as well, if not better. And everything that I might have thought I needed from you before, I don't need you now. Well, you know what? Actually, men do want to be needed. And mm-hmm. women, want they need to be wanted by men. After three, four, five years, when their their husband isn't looking at them the way that he did when they were dating – she feels different. She feels differently. What have you noticed with couples when it comes to women feeling wanted by the men that they love?
1: I'm, I'm finding a lot of women feel very ambivalent about it. And so, what I hear a lot is you know, I'm a strong, independent woman. And as soon as I hear the word independent, I say, in a relationship, no one's independent, you're interdependent. If Thank you're an independent you. person, you're going to destroy the relationship. So please don't be an independent either Either way. It's interdependence. That's the focus. That's probably why you're in my office.
0: Thank you. Don't be independent. I'm writing this down. Don't be independent. Be interdependent. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to maybe put that in one of my presentations. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and the the interactive dynamic, especially in bed, how much does your relationship outside of the bedroom really affect what happens when you're being sexually intimate with your partner? Don, what would you say?
1: I would say it's a hundred percent. It's more important than technique. If if you can if you can express your sexual feelings to your partner, if you feel open and, and honest and intimate with them, and you can tell them, "Here's what I want. Here's what I like." you are mm-hmm. much more likely to have sexual and marital satisfaction. And I can tell you that there are a number of people who have never talked about sex in their marriage. In their marriage. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Wow. And why do you suppose people just don't talk about it? I mean, everybody's talking about it on television and on the Internet and on the radio. Why aren't they talking about it with their partner?
1: That is a great question. Uh, the The theme or pattern that I see is that there's some religious and or shame in their past so if you're taught that sex is bad why on earth would you talk about it with your partner and you know you don't talk about that stuff women aren't supposed to have preferences women aren't supposed to like all the messaging that they heard growing up and it i apologize but it does tend to be more the woman than the man who doesn't want to talk about sex uh, i
0: think you're right yeah okay but then let me ask you this because uh, what The only thing I'm thinking when you say that is that, well, you're talking about like in the 50s and 60s, honey, we're in 2020. That was 60 and 70 years ago. I yep. grew up in, in the 80s and I was literally bombarded with the, put your breasts out there and talk about your orgasm and your G-spot and your clitoris and show, you know, parts of your body to show that you don't have any inhibition or insecurity. I feel like starting with the 80s and 90s, it was almost taken to the opposite extreme. You don't you don't find that that's the case with couples when it really comes down to their experiences with each other.
1: So I have I've found kind of a bipolar experience. I have some couples who will tell me absolutely every position they've ever tried, all the bondage and domination and all that they've tried. And other couples who have just never talked about it and okay. they're the same ages. And, you know, okay. can one person coming after the other. So, so there doesn't, at least in my practice, and again, I'm, I'm a marriage counselor, so I, I'm going to see a skewed uh, part of society. So right. I'm, you know, the, the two extremes. <laughs>
0: Right. Okay. Well, but see, and here's the other thing. You're a counselor, but I'm a coach. My uh, look, I've never had my favorite children. All of my children are very special and I love them all in very different ways and for different reasons. But one day my oldest was actually 11 years old and, uh, he made a comment kind of in passing. My mom's a shrink. My mom's a shrink. And he was talking to a friend. I'm like, honey, I'm not a shrink. Okay. I'm a coach. There's a difference. I'm a coach. And one day he just, he just turned around and looked at me. He said, mom, You are the worst kind of shrink. You're a shrink in denial.
1: (laughs) Oh my god, you're the best. That's awesome.
0: awesome. Okay, but but how many people who go to counselors and therapists are not mentally ill? They just have questions. Mm. And how many people who go to coaches go to coaches because you know what their shrink really isn't giving them the specific answers that that they want. When you talk to people who come to you for marital counseling, how many of them actually do have mental or emotional issues that need to be addressed by a mental health expert? And how many people are just chasing their tail and going crazy in the process?
1: I would say an overwhelming amount have communication issues. A Very small amount have mental health issues and most are chasing their their tails. They're they're engaged in patterns or cycles that just don't work But they don't know how to break the pattern
0: Okay, perfect. So then let me just move on to the next part of this with this hypothetical question What if there was just a social standard established by some? supernatural force not a government not a leader not God just nature that said no one can have sex until they're married okay there has to be a biological process that nature has to take you know control over if no one had sex unless they were married how would the world change how would men and women's relationships in general change okay meaning if people didn't date unless they were willing to get married and interested in doing it how would things change in the world between men and women if you had to hypothesize, Don, about
1: mm-hmm.
0: just not not having the pressure of having sex, people yes. just treated people like people. How do you think things would change socially as the, the interactive energy between men and women?
1: I, I personally think there'd be a lot more honesty and a lot less exploitation. I, I see people trying to take sex from their partner instead of enjoy it instead of being with each other instead of creating love with the parts of themselves that actually make love they're trying to get something from them and right. I, I see a lot of dishonesty in that
0: and so do you think now this is I love that you said honesty because this is another thing that I feel very Personally passionate about in my professional field and that's honesty One of the things my father said to me when I was a very little girl was if you lie to strangers You're gonna miss out on amazing opportunities in life If you lie to friends and family, you're gonna isolate yourself and you're gonna die alone Miserable when you start lying to yourself You don't have anything left. You don't even have yourself Uh left You may Uh as well pack it all up because it's over for you now um yeah. how much do you think people are afraid to truly be honest with themselves about their thoughts and their feelings and their sexuality just on a personal level?
1: On a personal level, I, I can I can tell you uh from a professional standpoint, I see it all the time with people where they can't they can't be honest with themselves. If I say that I want, say, more sex or less sex or if I, I want this about you or I don't like this. There's a lot of fear of rejection. So if I'm really me, what if she mm-hmm. doesn't like me? What if he doesn't like me? And so people tend to put out this imposter self instead of the, their real selves. And so now if you love me, you love this imposter me, not the real me. So that doesn't the even mean me anything.
0: There you go. Okay, so you think uh, there's a lot of dishonesty and it's mainly just about fear. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah. um, so and and so that kind of brings me to something that I heard on a on a movie um, where this guy, he got a girl pregnant and he decided, you know what? Let's just go ahead and get married. And his his friend was like, what? What did what did you do? What did you do? He didn't tell his friend he got married. He's like, y- <laughs> I see this look on your face. What the hell did you do? He's like, you know what? All dating is is an attempt to show the best side of yourself and you're misleading the person and then you, you you have sex just to get sex and then you have sex and then you realize that you need to spend another three to six months figuring out the real you and then you decide if you want to get married. Well, you've already done everything for marriage. And, you know what? Dating is stupid. And he goes, (laughs) you married her. You married her. What the hell are you doing? And well, yeah, but you know what? If you're honest, you don't have to pretend to be something else in order to get sex. So let's hypothesize here. The bottom line is if if sex is a good thing in your relationship, it's only about 10 percent of your relationship. If it's bad, it's about 90 percent of your relationship. That's a huge deal. That's a very (laughs) huge deal. Now, what what I really didn't appreciate as I was growing up was that men are actually not as selfish as the media has conveyed. They they, they portray men in movies and television shows and music basically to be, uh, you just want to hump everything. You guys really just want to go out and have sex with as many women as you possibly can. You don't care at all about their feelings. You're not at all interested in their needs. You don't have any capacity for for genuine personal interest. You have no self-discipline. I mean, that's not true. That's men are true. very sensitive and they're very generous and they're very caring. What do you genus, genuinely think that men have emotional needs and they have mental needs when it comes to a relationship and what does that have to do with sex, Don?
1: So what I what I've heard that I really like that relates to that is a person who said, "Hey Don, you know what? There we are, we're having sex, and sex is nice. If I can't be loved, I'll settle for sex. And my heart just sank in my chest. I said, wow, so you would much rather be loved, but if you can't be loved, sex is good enough. Like, it feels good, but I'd much rather know that I've got that human connection, the spiritual connection, the emotional connection, but I can't get that from her.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay, that's just heartbreaking, but I think it's extremely popular, uh-huh. um, and I think it's very, very common. Uh-huh. Now, that leads me to my next question. How many people really wonder whether they could be loved, genuinely, unselfishly, truly loved, for who they are? What do you uh-huh. think, Don?
1: I I think that number is going to be really high. I don't know that we could ever establish it, but I I would say 80s to 90s percentile where Mm -hmm. they just won't be themselves just in case they're not lovable. It's it's not worth the risk. I'd rather be fake than put myself out there and be told that I'm not lovable.
0: Okay, that brings me... I'm so glad you said that because that brings me to my next point. Um, Feminism made women really want to be cheap and easy and selfish like men. Because what they basically, the, the premise, the, the concept of feminism is I can be everything that a man can be, even though I'm in a woman's body. Okay, well, we all know that that's not true. Men are never going to see women the way that they see men. And so women are thinking, well, if I can sleep around the way a man can sleep around and I can use a man the way a man used a woman, then now we're officially equal. That has made me strong as a woman because it means that I, I'm not hurt. By abusive behavior. Uh. Okay. Um, I don't agree with that because I no. do not ag- agree with the concept that I can be selfish and still satisfied. Do you think that you can be a by definition selfish person knowingly doing things that could potentially hurt people and still be satisfied as a soul?
1: No, I I just don't I think the causes and conditions for happiness I mean, you know so gratitude service to others finding meaning and purpose when Mm -hmm. you're exploiting or abusing somebody else You're you're going directly against happiness and satisfaction
0: Okay, well is it realistic in the world that we live in to say no I have standards for myself and I have standards for other people Don, are there even people like that in the world to be able to say, I have this standard and it's not negotiable. I'm walking Mm -hmm. away from you now. Are you going to die alone? What do you think, Don?
1: I know what I think and I know what I say. (laughs) I want to know what you think. I I think that's the fear. And so I think some people have those standards and they might betray themselves from time to time for that because they're afraid to die alone. That's a huge fear for people. I have found that there are a lot of people who say it's not worth it and they'll drop out of dating or they'll drop out of different relationships because they say, I'm not willing to sell my soul for this. It's just not worth it.
0: Completely. Yeah. They'll, they'll walk away from the entire, the entire scene, the dating, dating scene. Okay. Well, so then that brings me to my next question. And I like talking to you about this just in a casual conversation. Can a man and a woman just be friends, man. We got a whole lot of philosophical debate going on this one. Depends on the group you're talking to. You got the floor. I want to know everything you think about whether a man and a woman can be friends or they can't. Why or why not? Uh,
1: so a few years back, I saw this video that said, you know, it interviewed people and said, you know, can women, women be friends? All the women in the video said yes. All the men said No. The, videographer <laughs> then the women and said to the, the women, hey, if this guy could get in your pants, if he thought that he could have sex with you, do you think he would? And the women were like, oh yeah, of course he would. But you still think he's friends or is he just a predator waiting to there you go. the point where you're weak and, and wants to have sex with you? Is that really friendship or is that more of a, a different relationship or romantic relationship that's unrequited? So I have some, some struggles with that. I also know that Men and women, there's always the possibility of sex uh, like behind a closed door. That that was one of the, the frames. And so you have to have such clear boundaries. And my experience with people is that boundaries is a very difficult subject. You either have them or you don't coming in.
0: And we have yeah. to teach
1: like crazy. We really have to teach like crazy in the counseling session to help people get their boundaries stick to their boundaries like really maintain the boundary that they set setting them is easy it's maintaining the boundary that's hard
0: okay all right and why do you suppose it's hard for people to maintain their
1: boundaries i think people want to be liked right?
0: there you go perfect
1: mm-hmm. and it's so very I?
0: simple look at how basic and simple i didn't say easy i said simple mm-hmm. and basic as yeah. humans how we're built
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Because I so think the I, next, yeah.
1: Can I tell the personal story of dating?
0: Absolutely. Please do.
1: Yes. So on date two, she basically said, you know, okay, can we go back to your house and have sex? And I said to myself, on date two, you're a complete stranger. <laughs> I don't know you. That actually grosses <laughs> me out a little bit. You might be attractive, but, and she started pressuring and coercing me to have sex with her on date two And I said, you know what? I think we're done here. Thank you very much. I now know who you are much better. I won't do that. And if you think you're going to ridicule me into having sex with you, then you've met some really damaged men, but I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to let you hurt me. Let's not do this. Okay. But if I was afraid of, you know, will she like me? Will she not like me? I wouldn't have done that.
0: Thank you. I think you're right. Absolutely. And I think that the the dating scene and just the social um, arena in every every venue, every setting, every different well, not so much work now because we don't go to work because of the COVID. <laughs> um, it, 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 it really has devolved into that kind of interaction, that kind of perspective of the opposite sex, mm-hmm. and. And so that, that brings me to my next point was it demands very specific and clear boundaries that are always known and consistently enforced. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now just accept ladies that men are always going to have certain thoughts and feelings. Nature has built them a certain way, but a truly classy man will know how to manage his own thoughts and feelings of yes, wanting to reproduce with everything. Yes, they do want to have that kind of activity, but you know what? If a man is trash, walk away. You're not missing out on anything. If a man is going to treat you like a piece of meat, well, then you do need to know that when you have those very specific um, standards and very clear boundaries that are not negotiable, they're always known, consistently communicated, and enforced, right, in, an, in a uh-uh. mature way. There are always going to be people out there who say, no, I don't respect your boundaries and I don't respect your standards. Well, you know what? That's actually good to know, like you, you did on that date. Okay, well, it's very nice meeting you, and I'm pretty sure we're never going to meet ever again. I'm not missing out on anything, right? Right. Okay, so now I, I'm going to go ahead and let my listeners know when we come back from the, this break coming up here, um, I'm going to open up the lines in case anyone has A question that they wanted to ask me or you I'm letting my my listeners know you can talk to Don or me because we're both professionals qualified in different ways in different venues and so um, we're going to go into the more specific details about sex and the sexual interaction that people have with each other Um, so Doug go ahead and, and put the next commercial up we'll take back in about three minutes we'll be back this is Gabrielle Cardona with yours mine and ours. Think you know yourself? Have you ever had your personality profiled? What's your MBTI? The Myers-Briggs Type Indicator is a very popular personality profile system, and it's accepted around the world, used by many accredited and professional companies and institutions. But the problem, what if you're both of the options that you're being offered in the question? Or what if you've changed over the years? Or what if you're just not sure? Does it even really matter? Well, when you want to know the difference between a mental illness and just a strange behavior, then knowing your personality can be very helpful. It will help you to know if you do need a mental health professional or pharmaceutical intervention. When you take a personality profile test, you need to ask yourself not if you do that activity being described or asked but the three things about yourself while you're doing it. Number one, is it naturally so easy for you to do it that it's automatic for you? Number two, is it so naturally enjoyable for you to do that you do it for seemingly no reason? And number three, are you so naturally good at it that you don't even need to practice in order to do it well? Those are the indications of your nature, your personality, not your nurture that have made you good at doing those things. During these challenging times, while a lot of people are considering a career change, I'm offering an 80% discount on my MBTI package. That includes six things. Number one, the MBTI test with over 200 questions. Number two, your four letter personality description. Number three, an explanation of your disposition. Number four, a detailed breakdown of your functional order. Number five, tips and suggestions on how to be more successful in life based on your true nature. And six, a one hour coaching session to answer any and all of your personality questions. This package usually costs $500, but for the rest of the year, it's only $99 to my listeners. Take advantage of the opportunity to learn more about your true nature. Just go to www.infinitylifecoaching.com slash services, and you'll see the sale going on now. The $99 price will go on through to the end of 2020. Discover your true nature today. Welcome back to Yours, Mine, and Ours. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona, and today we're talking about sex. My guest today is Don Boyce. He has a lot of personal experience and professional experience because he's worked as a counselor for couples. And the changing scene, dating scene in the world today, not just in this country, but worldwide because so many things are going on on the internet now, um, make it a, a learning process for everybody even the experts in the field are facing their own challenges um don one of the things i wanted to talk to you about in this segment of the show oh and uh we're going to invite our listeners to call in um let's see the number to the station doug what's the the number if our listeners want to call in and ask me or don a question what number would they call I think it's 888 627 6008. Is that right? Okay, I'm not hearing you. Uh, yes, it yes. okay. Good. You. Okay. <laughs> okay, now I see it on my little screen. Don't you just love technology? Yes. Eight 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 six two seven six zero zero eight. And again, you can ask for me or Dawn because we're both very open about our opinions. Um, <laughs> and our our um <laughs> Education right and our professional experience. Okay Now the next thing I want to talk about is how you really do need to be vulnerable When you're having sex you need to be with the person that you're lo- that you love you have to be comfortable with the person you trust right men are extremely sensitive to women in a good way and a bad way actually more than women are with men. Yes, women are very vulnerable people, but that's just because they can be a little bit more emotionally insecure from time to time. But when it comes to true sexuality, Don, how vulnerable are men when they're truly in love with the woman and they're being sexual with her? How affected emotionally and mentally can he be by the way that she treats him?
1: I would say tremendously it's it's amazing to me to hear how men talk about it and when <clears throat> excuse me when they're when they're in the midst of it uh, sorry are you okay if I get a tiny bit graphic
0: absolutely yes
1: okay so a lot of men can't perform if they don't feel like they're uh, connected a lot of men you know if they're feeling judged or criticized in any way they can't get it up. They can't uh, enter mm-hmm. her. They can't penetrate. They can't do any of that. And they're so concerned about being a good sexual provider to her yes. that any criticism, any difficulty there just cuts him to the quick. And I, I think women don't realize how afraid of, of women <laughs> men yes. are. Yes,
0: uh, absolutely. You have, you have a lot of power
1: over us. A lot of power it, over us.
0: Yes. And I I don't I don't think most women realize that because they have been literally raised to believe that men are the enemy and that men are predators. And so we have to be ready to ward off men. But we also need to be able to hurt them if the need to do so presents itself. And so, yeah, our 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 potential to be. Devastating <laughs> to a man, Devastating. right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So um, that's why I say one of the things that I you'll never change my mind about is that a sick woman can do exponentially more damage to a healthy man mm-hmm. than a sick man could ever do to a healthy woman, because uh, there's two different things that a man can be vulnerable to. A woman who uses her wiles in a good way, and by that I mean in a sexual way, she can yeah. be very, very manipulative to get him to do what she wants. How many stories in the Bible are of a man seducing a woman? Okay. How often? <laughs> okay. Okay. And I love the, the expression about a man only has enough blood for one head at a time. Okay. okay. Another, okay. another thing is how many times can... Um, uh, A a woman, sorry, (laughs) okay, I just talked about the good kind, right, seducing a man, um, is making a a man crazy. There are scriptures that even say, you know what, if your woman's being a a confrontational witch with a bee, you need to sleep on the roof because you know what, it's actually going to be better for your soul if you're physically in a different place. Her negative energy and her ability to take away your happiness and your peace of mind is incredible. Trust in a relationship and having that that mutual respect and generosity is really vital to a relationship. OK, mm-hmm. so um, that and then that brings me to the next thing that I want to talk about the porn industry. How much has the pornography industry affected social life in a sexual way between just people in general in this world? Do you think
1: hmm. I, I can tell you what I see in my practice and I'm finding a lot of young men with erectile dysfunction never happened before porn, like net, like uh, internet porn and they can't get it up without porn. So imagine if they're now in a relationship and they want to be sexual, they can't be sexual with the woman. The porn never says no, the porn's always willing to do it and the images on porn tend to be more uh, aggressive and more, uh, more violent. So Really? What, yeah, so okay. it's, it's trending toward that. So what men are learning, if they're learning their sexual education from porn, they're learning that women want the violence, they want the aggressive, that they like it. And when you talk to women, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, might like being ravished, but that's not what they're showing on the porn. Okay.
0: Okay. So when we're talking about what men and women actually want, um, but now let me think about this because you know pornography—that's not necessarily a bad thing. Again, as a very conservative Christian, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is about how God tells a husband that he should be intoxicated with her, her, with her, his wife's breasts. How even after even after they've they've been married for 15, 20 years, should he still be as sexually aroused by his wife that he married 25 years ago before she had three kids? And the way he would be watching a movie in a a pornography film or on a a page.
1: Yeah. So pornography actually desensitizes Uh, my experience with people is once they get into porn, Mm -hmm. the first level doesn't work anymore. So they have to do more to get titillated. And then they have to do more and and more intense. So after you've seen an airbrushed supermodel at this level, and then you look at your wife, that doesn't help him. That doesn't help her. Okay. So should you, I'm, I'm, I know you and I didn't talk about this. I'm very anti-porn. So I think Mm -hmm. that if you channel all your sexual energy towards your partner She's Mm -hmm. going to be happier. I'm going to be happier (laughs) because it's like, this is awesome. I freaking love you. This is great. Well, I don't compare to them. I haven't seen them. I don't know what they look like. And Mm -hmm. I like what you look like. And I'm attracted to you, your soul, your emotion, your spirit. And it's not about the body because I'm channeling all my sexual energy to you.
0: As a person.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And because one of the the scriptures that I really like, in addition to being intoxicated with her breasts, are <laughs> rejoice mm-hmm. with the wife of your youth. treat her basically like she's still your girlfriend. feel the same way about her thirty years into the marriage that you felt mm-hmm. when you were newly wed, right? But mm-hmm. one one of the things that has been very critical to me and the success of my marriage, you know, a lady in, uh, Starbucks actually asked my husband and I if we were having an affair, first of all, because our rings didn't match, but also because because we are so into each other and we are so hot for each other. Don, I flirt with my husband all the time, and I love I love getting him worked up and getting him turned on. But you know what? One of the most important things is when we go home from the restaurant or from the bar or wherever it is that we're out on a date, We make the children wait outside. They know Mm -hmm. when mommy and daddy are feeling good and they're getting Mm -hmm. their, their quality time alone, it's going to be okay to wait for the dinner or wait for the, the thing from the store that you want us to go get for you or the television show. We can, we can watch the movie when, when mom and dad come out of the bedroom, both in an exponentially better mood, the whole family does better and the children love and trust you as their parents because they feel the good energy that you create with each other
1: mm-hmm. totally totally
0: okay okay um did you have something else you wanted to say
1: i i did so so okay. when when i'm thinking about that what goes through my head is a lot of people put their kids first and mm-hmm. foremost to the exclusion of their partner now yes. if you do that and I'm, I'm not saying neglect your children don't don't neglect them. Absolutely not. But right. that's an important part of yourself, your sexuality, your, your husband and wifeness. And if you think mm. about what do your children need? Parents who have sex should be on that list. Yes. Yes. Right? You're affirming your erotic bond, right? Like yes. you're, you're there for each other. you you are a sexual being pretending that you're not stuffing that down is going to warp you and yes. your kids will notice. And i found people, they resent their kids. Like, I wish I didn't have kids because they took away my wife.
0: There you go. Yes. And, and I can't tell that's you awful. how many people I've coached about that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll, you'll pretty much get separated or divorced if you put the kids first. That's that's pretty much every research article yeah. that I've read. Yeah. So, again, Absolutely. not neglect your kid. That's not what we're saying. We're saying still get their needs met. But what people are... Not realizing in that is that they're neglecting their spouse instead
0: Okay, so then I want to ask you this one question. I haven't got any callers yet Um, So this one thing that I have always talked about when it came to Masturbation a lot of experts say you know what masturbation is just part of growing up Everybody has that and everybody continues to do that. It's a way of taking care of yourself sexually Okay. Well, I disagree with that um, because I believe that you can absolutely manage your thoughts and your feelings and your body to only do sexual things in a healthy sexual way. I have wet dreams. Okay, I don't know how many other women. I know men do all the time, right? It's uh-huh. it's one of the jokes that you know, that we sure. have as teen as teenagers. We make fun of boys, yes. um, but but the fact that I literally wake up in the process of having an orgasm. Happens when my body says okay, you know what you got some hormones out of balance here or you are feeling a whole lot of feelings for your husband Let's go ahead and do something with him <laughs> Okay, yes, um, exactly. but to decom but to decompress Your body will take care of itself if you take care of yourself. What do you yes. think about that?
1: Absolutely, so <clears throat> uh, I know plenty of people who have never masturbated in their entire life. No sex yes. no masturbation so you're not going to die from it. Don't, don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> what, what I tend to focus on as a marriage counselor is say, okay, tell me how the emotional connection between you and your partner improves when you're masturbating to porn or mm-hmm. images or a sex toy. You're basically teaching your body to reach sexual pleasure, which should be an interdependence, right? Yes. Reach sexual pleasure by yourself. Hey, you're in yes. this together right? And a lot of people talk about the shame afterwards, like, oh my God, I can't believe I just watched that. Yes. Or they They feel like there's no spiritual connection. And what I was taught is if I'm with her, all my sexual energy gets directed toward her, my sexual focus, my attention, not on imagery, not on sounds, not on other people, not yeah. on any of that. And a lot of people talk about that as being a form of cheating, and I know that's controversial as all get out. Right? Yes. But the idea is, hey, focus on your partner, all of your sexual energy toward your partner. So again, that that wet dream is saying, hey, you know what? We should probably talk because it probably means we haven't had sex in a little while. Right, and if you're having a wet dream, what's going on? And I I, I heard you say wet dream, and I'm like, oh yeah. So what people don't talk about is, you know, you're you're walking and all of a sudden you have this spontaneous orgasm mm-hmm. and you know, guys don't always talk about that, but when that happens, it's like, okay, I need to have some conversation with my partner right now. Cause <laughs> I'm just walking down the street and you know, whoo, here it goes. And that's embarrassing. And you know, depending okay. on what you're wearing could be like, okay, let's, let's not be totally embarrassed here. Um, but again, just focusing, focusing your attention yes. on your partner.
0: Directing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm So we're actually coming up on, on the end of the hour. Um, Don, I'd really like to give people information about who you are and how to get, um, access to you. If anybody wanted to reach out to you and get some advice, um, what would be the best contact information for them? Um,
1: I can give my phone number, which, you know, people can text or I can give email or I can give both.
0: Okay. All Uh, right.
1: Yeah. You can tell me that now. Okay, so the phone number is 585-802-1273. Mm-hmm. 585-802-1273, okay. and the uh, email is Don Voice, B-O-I-C-E, at voicecounseling.com.
0: Perfect. Okay, well, thank you so much, Dawn, for talking to me about this. And I know that in the next four to six weeks, I'm going to have more things that my connections, I have about 18,000 connections of people who come to me and they ask me for, you know, just bits and pieces of advice. They don't want to hire me for $250 an hour, but they do want my opinion. (laughs) Um, And so I'm going to be talking about these different topics probably in greater detail over the next four to six weeks. So if I could have you on the air again, that would be great. Um, that would be and wonderful. If, Thank you. And I can just have people reach out to me to reach out to you. I don't mind directing them to you in any way. Thank you so much for talking with me today on the show.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: And thank you to all my listeners and supporters out there who have paid attention to the things that I've set up to this point. And I've got a whole lot more to say. We're going to get a lot deeper into the relationships here and especially in communication and conflict resolution. So keep in mind that relationships are about two healthy individuals as well as the dynamic that they create when they come together, what they can do with each other and for each other can augment their strengths and gifts and generosity. And that's what life is about. It's about healthy relationships, creating positive experiences. Always remember there's more joy in giving than there is in receiving. So come come on to the show with us next week at the same time, 3 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on BBS Radio. My name is Gabrielle Cardona. This is yours, mine, and ours.